Welcome to a guest in the house podcast. I'm Mickey Hess, one of your co-hosts. I am your other co-host, David Tromdick Shanks. And that's the podcast intro. Yeah, and that's the podcast. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how's it going, bro? Pretty good, man. How about you? Uh, I can't complain, you know, another day. Another, another day, day down in Atlanta, another or near day, Atlanta. Another day down near the A, yep. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> oh man oh so are we winding down right are we getting towards the end of another another one i think so yeah a few more a couple more weeks i guess before we're out of this 2021 yeah 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 i think last year we may have made the mistake of um being like looking forward to getting out mm. <laughs> i think me and you were smart enough to 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 say on maybe one of those podcasts that we we fear 2021 might just be 2020 um, continued. And uh, yeah, I mean, Biden's not doing as bad a job if you didn't come in like expecting a superhero. We'll see about that. (laughs) Well, I mean, what are you going to get? Right. I mean, look, look, this might be, this might be beyond, uh, well, it's not might be beyond Biden's control, even if he, Oh, yeah. He wanted to do something. But uh yeah, man. Rough stuff. What's new? What's going on, man? Not much over here, you know? It's been pretty tame. Um still not going to shows, still not getting out in big crowds. So yeah. I missed I saw that Zarface is doing a rare tour because you know, Zarface is sort of a hip hop super group. It's got an inspected deck from Wu Tang. Right. But they're not a huge group. So I think from what I understand, it's always been difficult for uh, 7L and Esoteric, the other part of the group, to put much of a tour together because hmm. like the venues and crowd sizes and promoters that Zarface can access doesn't do it for deck. You know, he, he's right. rooting, right? Right. It's not that he's stuck up. He just wants to, you know, make his living as a musician the way he's used to doing. Accustomed to. Yeah, and yeah. I could imagine they're probably- understand that. They're caught in that um, that little weird area. Yeah, they're know. sort of a like a cult following kind yeah, of. They're kinda, yeah, you know, Seven L and Esoteric have like a long-standing indie following, and of yeah. course, Deck is like a hip hop superstar, hip hop legend. Yeah. So the most of the shows they've done have been like one-offs. They haven't really done tours. But those, um, hmm, those are. Uh, I don't know what you would call those um, mid, they're not mid-sized venues, but um, maybe 500, you know, occupancy. A lot of those I could imagine have closed in the last two years or so, right? So it's like if it's not a Live Nation situation, then you're playing like a milk boy, right? Like (laughs) it's hard to kind of... Have those There's nice not a lot of middle ground. Mid, mid, yeah, those medium venues that are yeah. like, I don't know, maybe 500 to 750 or something. It's probably like 2,000 and up and then yeah. like small club or but, bar. And I could imagine deck not, you know, when you're doing Coachella, right, with, yeah. with Wu-Tang, it's tough to then come down and say, hey, I'm going to do, <laughs> you know, the bar, you know. Somewhere with a hundred people, you know, standing room only. So um that would be tough. I mean, you know, had we got that um 
that solo album that perished right. in the uh, <laughs> flood, in the right flood then house. he would be able to probably headline a solo tour yeah. and then bring Czarface, you know, kind of like yeah. a dual thing. And then that would probably be, but I, I don't can know. sell some tickets. Right. But Deck by himself is stuck probably in a similar spot. You oh know, yeah, I don't he, think he doesn't Jack have the classic album. Venues, right, know. doesn't have the classic album, so he probably. I mean, I've I don't know. How many times have you ever seen a flyer with Deck solo? Like I don't. He played in Philly maybe eight or nine years ago. Super small club, kind of the same size of place like Master Ace has played. Right, comes through Philly. Right, um, right. But yeah, Zarface has booked a few festival dates. Which is a cool move. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to any of them because I still am not getting out in big crowds. Hey, listen. Hey, it'll um, come back around, right? Listen, I wasn't interested in, you know, we talked about this um before. Like, I'm not doing any big venues. And if I was, these kids are crazy. So <laughs> I'm definitely not doing any shows with like, you know acts that appeal to a younger audience for mm. sure After you don't want to get in loud, the rage no no and um yeah obviously our condolences um to the families um that suffered in that tragedy at astroworld um but uh yeah no 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 did you see that um travis scott did an interview i saw that he did it but i haven't seen the actual interview Damn, don't bother Really? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got about 10 minutes in and I was like, I can't do this. Wow. He's never really been a the greatest interview. And, you know, he's kind of one of those like aloof superstars that, you know, doesn't talk much and, you know, kind of one of these like new age guys. It's not really great with the media. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, that coupled with just it not being a good time to do something like that. That's a tough one, man, because, yeah. like, you know, I, I'm not an expert on what happened at the Astro World Festival. Or apparently no one is. Yeah. Um, or it would have been prevented. <laughs> but I lean yeah. a little more toward the Chuck D side where you're, you're thinking how many people are involved before you get to the man on stage. Like, Yeah. No, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm, it's hard to lay blame on his feet. Now yeah. he's gonna have to pay. I'm pretty sure. Sure. But, sure. Um, it's hard to lay blame at his feet. At the same time, I think that in the age that we're in, he's got to know, or his you know his people have to know that it doesn't matter what he says. He might as well just keep it quiet for a little while. Yeah. Because there's no right way to come out and speak well it seems like the impulse and, and this is almost similar to alec baldwin after the, the shooting another the movie another set, right? bad pr move right yeah i mean <laughs> if your impulse is to come out and say you know it's a terrible tragedy but right off the bat it's not my fault mm-hmm. you know i really want to make sure everybody knows it, it wasn't my fault i mean that's i've seen like uh School principals and superintendents do that same move like the next morning after like a child dies of COVID right. at a middle school. 
you know, they come out like hours later after a kid dies and they're like, you know, of course, horrible situation, not the school's fault, yeah. <laughs> not the school district's fault. Um, let me remind you of all the precautions we've taken. And it's just, it's a dick move. It's callous. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Look at you, callous. I said dick move. You came <laughs> Who's the professor now? Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 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 We can both veer uh, into the dictions. <laughs> hey, listen, man. You know, I, I, I make a living with words, too. Hey, man. of course. It's not, it's, not, it's not as much of a living as you make. It's beeper bill money. Yeah. <laughs> we can separate out what the words get me. I don't know. Oh, man. Speaking of, speaking of that, did you see my post um, regarding my um, Spotify numbers? This I year? did. I did see that on Instagram maybe like a week or two ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was curious to think what you what you thought about that. Well, the first thing that always strikes me is it's like worldwide, right? So many countries are listening to Tron Diggs. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's cool, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what aspect did you want to talk more about? Because I saw the post, but I'm not sure what you're trying to draw out with this one. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to draw out anything. I um more so just what 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 I said just there about the um the actual uh making a living part of the ah, numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, mean you got that um, many people listening, and then you think like, well, does anybody want to go to band camp <laughs> yeah yeah and and just more so like i think about the percentage of those listeners yeah and if we could get just a small percentage of them mm-hmm. to go to band camp or go to the website and buy a t-shirt even yeah um that I would be making an actual living. You understand? But the celebration yeah. of the um of the numbers and, and the illusion of like, oh my goodness, there's you know fifteen thousand listeners of Trom mm-hmm. Diggs in a hundred and four countries. Eighty eight thousand streams. Right. And this is just on Spotify, right? So this is mm-hmm. not Apple Music, Tidal, any Rhapsody, Pandora, any of the other any. platforms, right? This is just Spotify. And, mm-hmm. you you know, and it's like every year I post that, this is actually the lowest number since I've been posting because obviously we're getting further and further along from me having recorded music. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, congratulations, Trom. Like, oh, my gosh, this is great, you know. and when I think about it, like, okay, 15 grand, if I had 1500 to spend $10 with me. Sure. Now we're, do we have, you know, some supplemental income? That's. Or, you know, 15,000 to spend $1. How about that? Right. How about that? Right. And the illusion of like, Look at these numbers, mm-hmm. right? And you think about the thousands upon thousands of artists who are posting 
these numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Well, shoot, it's more than thousands because there are 8 million artists on Spotify, right? According to Spotify. Sure. So all of these numbers <laughs> being posted and all of these people celebrating um, their their achievement, which they should celebrate. But again, a fraction of that, yeah, filtered to to your own platform, is doing all of us a better service. Now it's not giving Spotify a billion dollar platform so that they can get a billion something dollar valuation and you know go public and all of that. Wait a second, Spotify makes money on that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware that was the model. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And so think about the guy who, you know, of those 15,000 listeners, like how many of those listeners are really like my top fan? Like how many of those guys are like, is, is it is it 100 who are really like, I got this, I joined Spotify so I could listen to Drum's album. Like, is it 50 of them? Is it 20? Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even get that number. I bet you got sent some screenshots of people who said Trom Diggs was a top artist from Spotify, right? Not this year. Not this but year. But in either. the past, I have. Of course. And so if it wasn't for the screenshot, if it wasn't for that direct, like, Trom, I love you stuff, mm-hmm. I'd have no idea <laughs> by these numbers, you know? And so I don't. I sound like a jaded old man. I get it. But I don't want, and that that was kind of what the post was about. I I don't want these kids being like, the numbers aren't for us. Yeah. You know, the numbers are really just promo for Spotify. (laughs) And um, maybe if I post that I've, stream that many times someone will be like well what am i missing out on let me go stream sure drum digs and i appreciate anyone who takes time out to listen to my music i just don't want folks to get that confused with like i'm supporting trom yeah because technically moral support Maybe right? yeah. it, it feels good. It gives you a little bit of, uh, I don't know, social capital to carry on. You feel like somebody's listening, right? Somebody right. Likes it, right? But it's not the same as capital capital, right? Right. And you know, it's kind of like that NCAA argument that that they had for years about like the amateur athlete, right? Mm, say, yeah, well, you're getting an education. <laughs> yeah, but. Someone's making money. So, you know, in that same vein, it's like, well, Trump, you got into music because you loved it. It wasn't about the money. Yeah, but someone's cashing in. Yeah. (laughs) Someone's cashing in and I'm not. So then we get into ownership and things of that nature because if I'm creating it and... I actually own it and I still can't capitalize off of it because you've created a uh, structure that 
makes me have to filter my art through this platform in order for it to gain listenership. Yeah, I mean, people can't find it if you won't play along with the streaming service. Right, 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 right. And then you say, well, well, if it wasn't for our platform, you wouldn't have 88,000 streams Mm. and 14.8 thousand listeners over the course of a year. And I say, exactly. But if I only had 1.48, and they went directly to me, I'd still make more money. True. <laughs> so I don't need, per se, the 15,000 listeners. Yeah. I need a fraction of that filtered to my platform. It, you know yeah. what I mean? And so the fight, the fight for artists moving forward is like, how do we circumvent that? you know, kind of conundrum. And the big artists, it doesn't matter because the big artists, it's going to make sense for them anyway, right? Like um, another stat I shared was 57,000 artists account for 90% of the streams. So 8 million artists, 57,000 account for 90% of the streams. So the rest of us are accounting for 10%. Mm -hmm. I think um, by numbers, right, I'm like somewhere in the 360s. Like I'm one, I'm so I'm like one of the top 360,000 artists on Spotify just by my numbers. Yeah, congratulations. That's something. So when you think of that, right from a number standpoint uh i guess an eighth one million would be an eighth right mm-hmm. so that's somewhere around like what 16 percent. yeah i'm not i'm not yeah, following yeah, yeah. the math but sure it's okay like <laughs> one eight one eight million one million would be one eighth okay that's like 16.25 percent or something like that Half of that would be 500,000. So I'm just saying in terms of the top percentile of artists Mm -hmm. out of the 8 million, I'm in the top 1 millionth of 8 million artists. Yeah. That puts me in the top 16, even top 10 when you get into like where I rank. So I could say on this platform, right, if we wanted to like manipulate numbers, we say... Trom Diggs is in the top 10 percentile of artists streaming on Spotify. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a different kind of capital, right? But when I show you what the actual numbers are and what those equate to in terms of what is put into my bank account every month, it's like, well, you can't survive being one of the top 8% artists on Spotify. Like, so the biggest streaming platform in the world, I'm in the top 10 percentile. And I'd be homeless if that was my only stream of income. <laughs> exactly. So 
the advantage, and we'll see what you think about this. So is there an advantage to streaming? Does it give you some more longevity? Because I see like a lot of hip hop artists that I listened to, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Um, some were fairly popular, some were a little less popular. I doubt they were making money off that music, say four or five years after it was released. I mm. doubt they were making much. Now with streaming, they're probably not making much more money, if any more, but they're finding new listeners. Is there any advantage to it? If you're if you're using, I would say Spotify is excellent in that space, in that it you keep you can keep generating new listeners. Now you have to have a process in place where you're filtering those listeners some not filtering but directing them someplace else. Okay, so it comes back to something you control, right? You've got to convert. To, you've yeah. got to convert some percentage of those casual listeners on the DSPs, sure, digital streaming platforms, um, to somewhere a website, um, somewhere something Bandcamp, you control, something, something you maintain. that you control. Now, yeah. listen, you're not you know using me again as the example. I'm not going to. Have fifteen thousand. I've had kids say to me, "Hey, man, Trom, I dig you, man. As an artist, I'm not paying for music. Sure, I've had kids tell me that. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to pay for music. So, I listen to you on Spotify, or I listen to you on X, Y, Z. I support what you're doing, but you know, in their mind, it's like I give these people ten dollars a month." to listen to your music, hmm. right? So it's like I give them $10 a month for access to your music and everybody else's music. I'm not going to pay you direct. You pay for access, don't pay for the product. Correct. And that's Which is, in a way, the like, trick. That is <laughs> the, the trick, the biggest sure. trick that, they've, that they played on us, right? And, and so from a, from a consumer standpoint, if it's me, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I like this guy. I like that guy. I like this girl. I like that girl. I like this guy. I like that guy. I can't pay all of them for access to their music. But if I play this one, pay this one platform, I have access to all of their catalogs, not even just the album that I particularly like. I can now go back and listen to all the stuff. Everything. Right? Now, is that artist engaging me enough and educating me enough for me to then go, you know what? I, I love this so much. I'm going to go buy a piece of vinyl. I'm going to go get some merch just because I love them that much. And I discovered them on this platform, but I'm engaged. I'm so engaged now. I'm going to go purchase something. I'm going to go get a physical copy. And that's the key. It's really like promo. Definitely. And I mean, we had a, a version of this conversation back in the 90s 
when rappers were saying stop buying bootlegs, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think even Garth Brooks was saying, don't go to, to secondhand CD shops, you know, cause the artists don't get any of that money. Right. Like personally, I bought bootlegs, I bought stuff and, you know, I bought stuff secondhand stores, I'm but guilty. then I think about books, mm-hmm. like some of my favorite authors, I've never paid for a book of theirs. I used to go to the library like crazy. Right. It seems like in a way, you know, you could see Spotify as like this huge library, but instead of being funded by tax dollars, people, you know, pay a subscription fee out of their own pockets. Right. Because right. libraries are socialism. Right. <laughs> and that's and that's where it gets funky. If it was yeah. the Library of Congress mm-hmm. that created this massive streaming library of music that was um publicly published you know so to speak Mm. and you were able to do your tax dollars have access to this library and listen to all of this music that would be one thing and everybody got it right right no matter how much you paid in taxes how little you paid in taxes everybody gets to use the library correct Correct. But now when we're talking about publicly traded companies and IPOs and mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, and this enormous amount of data and analytics, and because it's really not even about the monthly subscription fees that are they're getting. I mean, you know, God bless them for getting that, right? It's really about the advertising <laughs> sure. and the your information. You know what I mean? You're, oh, yeah. It, it's really about that. It's a big data mining. So that subscription fee is just like a little icing on That's the cake. That's just icing on the yeah. cake, right? That just yeah. helps somebody make a ton of money and stuff like that. And that's, you know, where when we get into what we're doing right now mm-hmm. and where I would think streaming is going in the next, you know, now to five years podcasting right okay someone could listen to jazz hop Uh, i think jazz hop is like 30 something minutes the entire album right yeah we go for an hour every other tuesday you got other guys out here their their podcasts are three hours long if I can get you on a platform for three hours of continuous listening, how much shit can I sell you? That's true. How much is that time worth? So that's where you see these guys getting hundred million. Well, not guys. One guy got a hundred million, but. <laughs> and they're going back to the old school advertising where it's just part of the show, you know? Yeah. You the, instead of breaking for commercial, you got the host of the show saying, you know, there's this coupon service I like to use online. <laughs> Let yep. me tell you about it. Yep. yep. And then, so that line is a little bit more blurred if you're not a savvy listener between advertisement and show content. There's some of that and there's some. Where we're like, you know, we're submitting, Anthony submits guests in the house, you know, um, mixed and we didn't mix it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Hooked up, ready, complete. Here's the hour. Submit this. I give this to whoever. Spotify is going to take our hour 
and literally place the ads wherever they feel like it. It doesn't matter if it's right now in the middle of me talking. Boop. Hey, this is Trom Diggs from a guest in the house podcast. And you know what I, you know, and next thing you know, I'm selling, um, uh, manscape or some shit like that. <laughs> right. Just like out of nowhere. <laughs> are we, are we doing of, this? Yeah. It, it, I it wasn't involved in this conversation. Yeah. Complete disrespect for like the integrity of the actual show. Like sure. it doesn't even matter. Right. And so, because it's just, Hey, we know that we've got these 15 people. <laughs> we know we've got these 15 people who listen an hour and we're just, and we know what they like. We know what else they like. We know who they are. We know where they live. We know everything. It's, it's spooky, but yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten to that space yet. No one's trying to chop up our podcast. But. See, I thought you'd been recording some manscaping spots. Yeah, and <laughs> me and Anthony. just didn't yeah, want me in on scene. it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't cut You're you like, in. Don't tell Mickey. <laughs> He's not going to be cool with this. I don't know if your demographic manscapes. I don't know. <laughs> Professors? I don't know. I don't know, man. I try not to hang out with them for the most part. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, man. I dig it. <laughs> I, I mean, like, <laughs> so with books, like, I, there's no Spotify for, for authors. I was just talking to, about this with a friend last night. Oh, um, Audible. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, sort of. And then there's Substack if you're a journalist, basically, or like a straight nonfiction writer. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's neither one is really similar at all in scope and yeah. reach. To I don't, I, I, what do you think? Because newspapers, right? They exist still, some Barely, of them. Barely, right? Yeah. And, I don't know. In in many ways, it looks like it's being held together by these like you know mega billionaires who yeah. <laughs> just Washington Post, yeah, and, who just uh, kind of just need it as whatever they need it for. Like, let me just grab three of these papers and just sure. half them, right? But um, what do you think publishing? Because I can see a world where, and I think that's a space that Audible, I guess, initially maybe, and maybe long term, are looking to fill. I could see a, a space where books are in some way, shape, or form affected, challenged by podcasts. Hmm. Like long form content. A certain kind of book, like right. the, the nonfiction journalism market. And also I've seen these like long form kind of like theater of the mind things coming back. Yeah. Like the mystery um, podcast where it's like an eight part series. And yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? And, you know, does that begin to... Well, I mean, like I said, there's already audio books, and I know people who like exclusively sure um, listen to audio books. I can't quite get into it. I rarely listen to. Audiobooks. I I like need yeah. 
to turn pages and read words in order to really absorb what I'm. If I have a long drive, I'll put on an audiobook sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I rarely listen to like a novel or short stories in audio form. I mean, it's it seems much more suited to uh, nonfiction. I've tried it. It doesn't. It doesn't go for me. And it's funny because if I was, I would more. I'd be more apt to listen to a not a, a fictional story than I would nonfiction I okay. think anything where I really am trying to absorb what is being said it would it's tough for me to listen on audio I tried the um uh audio biography of um Asada Shakur oh yeah and I just you know I find myself kind of going back and like what <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I can't listen to this. Who you reads I mean? that? Because I'm working, and you know, like yeah. when I would listen to a podcast, it would be like when I'm working or doing something else, like you said, driving. I haven't really tried driving. Maybe I'll 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 try it. I did a Malcolm. What was Malcolm Gladwell's last book? I tried that. I think that was Outliers. I tried that on audio book. I got through it, but I don't feel like I really absorb the information like I would have if I read it. Yeah, it's a whole different process. Yeah, it's 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 different for me. But so it I, looks like Serena Riley read Asada. I assume she didn't read it herself. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> didn't come out of hiding <laughs> some, some to the booth. in Cuba. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that and sometimes like though. the people they choose to read some of these books do a fucking terrible job. That is a fact. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as I know, I don't have any audio books of anything I've written. Either. Listen. Unless they've done it behind my back. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Come on, let's do I it. I think I'm good with not having let's it. Get, let's, get, let's get Buddha Monk to narrate the, um, the ODB book, man. Let's do it. Hey, if you think you can get him on board. <laughs> let's do it. Man, but like I don't get the end of year stuff like like musicians get on Spotify, but I do get you my end of year royalty statement. How many words were read? Wouldn't that be <laughs> like how many different people read this sentence? Yeah, yeah. But no, I get this royalty statement and I have uh, one publisher did a couple of books for me like 10, 12 years ago. We don't hang out anymore. There's like this terrible shit. Mm. But <laughs> the way it went down, um, the past two years, I've been waiting to get like a little check off these mm -hmm. royalties for these books. And they say like, well, we don't like to send out a check until it hits $100. Right, right. That's your deal. It's like, all right, well, you know, maybe next year. You know, I think I was up to like $83 last year. Oh, so yeah. I thought, man, surely I'm going to make $17 off of books in this year. Nope. Uh, like 92 You, know, maybe you think next something, year. think something nefarious is happening? Probably, but uh, <laughs> as far as it being worth investigating, I mean, how hard am I going to fight for a hundred bucks? Yeah, I have a, um, I have a, um, a, a um, distributor, so you can't, <laughs> you know, it's all a racket. So you can't like direct. So I can't directly put my music on Spotify, right? I have Ooh. to go through like a digital distributor. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's like okay. CD Baby, TuneCore. 
Wow. Um, distro kid. There's a few of them, right? And so you give them, you know, whatever it is, $9.99, $39.99, depending on what you're uploading and who you're uploading it with. And then they middleman you to the uh this to streaming company. And then obviously wow. they kind of ad- administrate your um your payments and you know they pay you. So Spotify doesn't pay me, TuneCore pays me. Right? No, I didn't know that. It's all oh well, you know, listen, you know, listen. They're gonna come if, if if there's a middleman to be created, they will create one, right? So um I completely oh, so there's this one that I used for uh Saks Fifth Avenue flow, like the actual single. And I've been like locked out of this distributor for like nine months, right? I think I just got in the other day. So for like most of 2020, I just, I couldn't even log on. Every time I log on, it would like kick me out. So there's money there. I don't know how much. (laughs) I can't access it. I can't like reach out and say, hey, I can't get in my account. Like it's just, it was just gone. I finally got in and, you know, it was like same deals, like a hundred dollars waiting for me. And I'm like, really? (laughs) It's always a (laughs) hundred bucks somehow. That's the magic number. Really? Because I think it should be more, but. And there's no way to check. Like you you have to to hire like a, you know, you pay way more than a hundred bucks to hire like a forensic analysis to go through and look at numbers and fight for that access in court. I mean, you just let it go. And then, so in that vein, it's like, well, okay. So this particular distributor, maybe like, let's say doesn't have a relationship with, um, a particular streaming platform, let's say YouTube. So it's like, I'm being streamed so many thousands of times on YouTube. They don't have a mechanism for like me getting paid via YouTube. So the money, it's like, it's like when the state like keeps Only some some people relate to this. It's like when the state is just holding like child support arrears, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just okay. holding this money. It is like, hey, um, there's money there. And it's like, well, you know, you've got to do X, Y, Z to to get to it. In the meantime, we're just going to hold it, put it in, you know, in, in an account or something. I don't know. But yeah, I can't access this money now of course in that particular case like saxon avenue has streamed the most via youtube so there's just phantom money waiting phantom money you can go on ep phantom money i like that (laughs) i should right that's the next ep (laughs) trom digs phantom money phantom money yeah it's crazy that's it man i like it so like neither one of us got into art, hip hop, writing, what have you, for money necessarily. 
Right. Well, not at all. Right. Not at all. Yeah. But uh, after well, doing it for so long, you, you start to look and see like, huh, should be a little money. <laughs> right. Like I, like we said, someone's like a little money. bit, right? Yeah. Someone's generating money. Yeah. And like money that I have came from teaching, you know, I very, I would not be able to survive off writing money. Right. And I, I always try to be very upfront about that with my students and balance it out with saying like, look, I know you guys want to be writers. I know you came to college. You're going to major in English. I'm sure you've had family members discourage you already. <laughs> so if <laughs> you want to write, you know, absolutely go for it. But understand very few writers are out there living off of writing alone. Right. So here are a couple paths, you know, here are ways that people I personally know have done it. Here's the way that I've done it. Being able to make writing a piece of what I do, but not make it my sole source of income because there's not much income to it. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of an age old conundrum, you know, art and commerce or Art and capitalism just are, are strange bedfellows. Very much so. I wonder what, um, you know, I just threw out like all those like numbers and confused the hell out of you. And I, but I wonder like what those look like in the publishing world. Like I wonder like, you know, everybody's got a New York Times bestseller, right? <laughs> like everyone has a New York, oh, New York Times bestseller. Well, celebrities do. Right. There was a good piece that just came out recently on this, on this topic. Like, uh, do your your number of Twitter followers and like your your online community, your online followers you have, does that translate to book sales? Because publishers have been giving people book deals because of their number of YouTube subscribers oh, or their number yeah. of Twitter followers. And the answer yeah. was no. You know, <laughs> publishers really yeah. aren't making money back on these mega deals that they're offering people because they're popular on Twitter. Now, you know, music has become such a uh, a visual art, right? Which yeah. sounds, because it should be an audible thing, right? But it's become such a visual art because of, you know, just the video and, the, you know, just, just content and, you know, that it would make sense that someone who has a lot of eyes on them mm. would be a good candidate to... Uh, make music or to be, you know, put in situations sure. to make music. When you think about just like, and what that has, you know, done to the quality of music, right? When you take that into the literary world and you say, well, you're, <laughs> we're now like placing writers behind people with names and saying like, well, you don't write your, the book you want to write. You write, this person's book sure and because celebrity now is attached to like literature like that is nuts to me but oh, i would absolutely. wonder i wonder like how many books are published or how many people are published uh you know per year and like what percentage of like the new york times bestseller lists account for like how many actual books are like so oh, I'd like you know to what see I mean and like how, too, yeah. yeah and like how that you know if I'm if I'm one of the top artists on a streaming platform yeah. <laughs> I wonder like is Mickey like really one of the best selling um, authors no, no compared way. to like the people who are out here just like 
And I now, mean, like, there's self-publishing, sort of like how there's oh, sure. self-publishing on my end. Like, there's self, there's like so many independent artists, right, who just put exactly. their music out on the platforms. And there's so many people writing ebooks or publishing their own books on Amazon. And, you know, they may sell two books, they may sell one book, three books, eight books, nine books. But, I mean, you know what I mean? I think, you know, publishing is even a little more consolidated at the biggest levels than music is. I mean, there's there's five publishers. Right. And, you know, they just tried to merge Penguin, Random House, and Simon & Schuster, and that got shut down at the the highest federal level. It would have been down to four. Right. Wow. It's already Penguin and Random House merged, and then they were going to throw Simon and Schuster right into that as one big group, one conglomerate. Right. So yeah, I mean, there's there's five publishers, um, and those are the books you're seeing in Barnes and Noble. Those yeah. are the most of the books that are getting promoted on Amazon, and then there are like kind of the higher, more visible indie publishers, and then from there on down, you've got little companies putting out you know, 10 or fewer books a year. Right. So yeah, it's, um, it's weird. I think the place that publishing fails maybe even more than music is for the most part, you don't see somebody say, Oh, you know, this guy tells jokes on Twitter and he's got 3 million people who love it. Why don't we see if he wants to make a hip hop album? (laughs) But they'll they'll do it with a book. (laughs) They'll be like, okay, this guy writes these little things about the news and people think it's funny. Maybe he'd like to write, I don't know, a memoir. Right. <laughs> if he can't really do it, we'll find somebody to do You'll it. We'll just him. find somebody who who can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and snatch their just put their name somewhere on on the bottom. Yeah, there you go. Or or not even sometimes. And if you're lucky, if you're that writer, they even bring you along when they do their inter- their press run. Like Yeah, you're really lucky if you get that. You used to see that a lot more. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, who? Yeah. Who wrote the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get that ghostwriter thing, you don't even know. Yeah. It's it's rough out here, man. It's rough out here. That that kind of that relationship between um livelihood and and you know, art is just like a conundrum that you know we haven't been able to solve. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to bring it back around before we get out of here on this one, we started off talking about Travis Scott and you said, you think he's going to pay the price. I don't think that price is going to involve a whole lot of money. You know, I think he's going to be just fine financially. Well, I mean, there should have been insurance and all of that um, in place. But I think um, he'll continue to sell records. Oh, Next thing he puts out is going to do at least as well as the last stuff. Oh, he'll be fine. Now, here's where here's where we here's where it all goes 360 now. Mm. If there is no Astro World again, like if they if that's mm. done, if um he faces some type of backlash where he has to sit down for a while from the um the touring. I mean, I think there was like a million dollar show or something in dubai he he had to cancel right like so if this if that starts to happen and we're back to being reliant on what you just said the record sales is that sustainable so if he just can't play shows if people won't insure it correct 
or if it just becomes too much of a liability. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, sustainable for him because he's propped up in so many different ways. Um, sustainable for the next musician? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I hope because what, you know, the smoke and mirrors of, you know, he sells millions of records is only propped up by he gets a million a show. Mm-hmm. So I I would fear that if you took away that, you know, just the, the structure I just kind of explained yeah. in the in the podcast, if we just came back to you, well, he I mean, hey, look, he streams three billion big numbers, yeah. A year. But if it's just that, if it's just that, the lifestyle is going to take a hit. Yeah. There is no merch deals. If there if there are no I mean As long as he stays with Kylie though, I think Oh uh, well, you know, that's a that's a whole different <laughs> I story. think her mom's got him taken care of. He'll he'll be okay. But yeah. um, you know, we talked about the kind of um you know what happened with the baby and just the scramble mm-hmm. to get that situation right. Now, this is one of the biggest streaming artists. Oh yeah. As well. But that apology came swift yeah once the show started getting cut oh yeah because the millions is reliant on the touring the millions are not reliant on the streamings well you know if you go all the way back to 91 the first time i heard the name sean puffy combs was when people died in a concert stampede when he was the promoter that is true um you know, he was found legally responsible, I think, along with Heavy D, who was one of the performers. Yep. From all the footage I saw, Heavy D was pleading with people to stop trying to get into the venue. Yep. CCNY. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously Puff Daddy was absolutely fine. Never had a problem booking shows again, as far as I know. It, in a way, it kind of launched his career. Diff, diff, different, different media time. Now, I say all that to say... Travis Scott will be okay. Yeah. He makes too much money for too many people for them to, um, you know, allow him to drown. Yeah. Um, he'll just, you know, he'll just have to ride this one out for a little while. And you know what I mean? Someone will have to pay. It, it's and more about it, whether he can get insurance to play shows, right? Correct. Even if it's correct. not Astro World, just having Travis Scott on a bill for I a few years that, is going to be tough. That that's what I'm thinking. He'll have to lay low for a little while. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, it, yeah. the punk group No Effects a couple years back made a joke on stage, a terrible joke. You know, Fat Mike from No Effects said like made a joke about people getting shot at a country concert and said that only happens at con- at a country concerts, not punk concerts. <laughs> and then immediately, just the fact that he said that meant that nobody wanted to ensure a No Effects show. You know, no hmm. venues wanted no effects there because he'd invited this bullshit to happen. Exactly. Right. Mm. Yeah, and you know, he he came out pretty quickly and said, "Yeah, that was a dumb thing to say. We're going to cancel the rest of this tour because we can't do it." <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and um, in in as we've discussed, even on that point, 
Um, there was a um, Anheuser Busch had a apparently a cacti drink that was um, Travis Scott. Uh, uh, he was the face of. Uh, uh, really, of these, I didn't know this one. Yeah, one of these um, adult beverages. Okay. Uh, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Know, here we go with the. Um, can't stand next to him right now. You know what I mean? That sure. that whole that whole deal. It'll uh, be interesting to see if he gets his crowd of people who say, "Well, I'm going to stand next to him double hard." Yeah, because that's certainly what the baby got. Well, from the people, not from any sponsors. Oh, he got well. I mean, from <laughs> other artists, right? He yeah, got yeah, Kanye. Yeah. He got Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I can't see why. Any artist would look to distance themselves from Travis Scott. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he didn't, he didn't provoke this thing. Like, I don't, I don't see any evidence that he wanted this to happen. Yeah. I mean, I've been in, in scary crowds before where, you know, you're, you're afraid that shit is going to happen. Um, yeah. I think at any show that shit could break out anytime. And I've certainly yeah. been at shows where the musicians saw it happening and kept encouraging people to do it. Like, go fucking crazy. Right. And well, then, you know, way back, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't, I don't think, um, yeah, I can't see artists, you know, kind of running away from him. But the sponsors, yeah. they will, sponsors, they will check the temperature and um, they'll yeah. run. Yeah. And then they'll run right back to you when you're hot again. And no you know, shame. Ideally, for a few years, we'll get better security and better, you know, concert facilities. And then yeah. people will forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if that's, you know, look, sometimes, unfortunately, right. Yeah. Something has been bad for a while. We ignore it. We ignore it. We ignore it. It kind of has to come to an ugly head. Yeah. And then we say something must be done. And so now we're in our something must be done moment. Yeah. And um yeah, you know, hopefully something's actually done. Let's hope so, man. Yeah. Nobody wants to see this happen. No, nah, no, nah, never again. Never again. Oh man. Um yeah. heavy note to close out on in this yeah, episode. Yeah. Well somewhat know, hopeful though. Somewhat hopeful. Somewhat hopeful. Somewhat hopeful. Uh Brother Anthony, we never got into my trip to the um, <laughs> Trap Music Museum. Want to save that for the <laughs> yeah. second episode and we'll make that part of the we year in review? We, we don't have to, but we can. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to hear yeah, about it. It was an interesting trip. Yeah, I'd like to hear all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you want to close this one out and save that to throw into the next one? Oh, uh, why not? Yeah, that sounds uh, good. Let's do that. Again, um, this was cool. This was like an off-the-cuff um, episode. We came in here kind of just, yeah, and we got into some stuff. So that was that's, that's cool. It's always cool when we do that. Um, shout out to our listeners. Shout um, out for to our listeners. Riding with us for another year, man. This has been, um, like I said, it's a very cathartic um, hour recording, two-hour recording um, process we go through a couple times a month, man. So... I enjoy it as much as um, whoever's listening uh, enjoys listening, man. And uh, thank you, as always, and Brother Anthony for kind of uh, 
riding out with me on this one. This is this is good stuff. So again, man, uh, well said. Yeah, yeah. Guest in the house podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Trom Diggs, aka David Shanks. And I'm your other co-host, Mickey Hess. All right, peace and love, folks. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.